Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. Hey guys, this is Steve here from Adapt Nation and I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for the guys that have supported Adapt Nation so far and the belief that you have on the direction we're taking. It's been just over a year since we founded the company and you know, I couldn't be happier in the progress that's been made in terms of the reach, engagement and impact we're having so far. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I just wanted to kind of reflect you know, the mission behind Adapt Nation is really to help me be my best. In turn, what does that mean? It means helping others do good, help you be your best. And I think we're doing that. I think we are aspire, aspiring, inspiring change. I'm seeing it locally and intimately around my life and the people I connect with. And I'm hearing great stories from those who connect with us. And we speak almost exclusively around the concepts of nutrition, exercise, mindset, and rest. But an equally important part of life, and perhaps even more important, is the value and power of relationships. So this episode with Bryn is an exploration in the value of proactive networking, the value of nurturing relationships, and how that can have a profound impact on your life. That flows into understanding our ego and whether it's a a friend or a foe does it help or hinder us and lastly the fuel that drives most positivity and greatness in our lives is a true sense of gratitude so we we dig into that a little bit and throughout this discussion we litter in top tips to help increase your relationships improve your understanding of your ego and be more grateful Guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to get through to us on the Adapt Nation Facebook page. Nation. It's been a while, man. Yep. It's been a while. I've, I've been busy getting some fantastic guests on the, the podcast and you've been crazy busy at the gym. Yep. But everything all right? You good? Yeah, all good. We're, we're busy at the gym, so can't complain. Um, and en route to the gym, I'm enjoying your podcast, so... It's a win-win, man. Yeah, you've you've had some fantastic guests on. So I've just been listening to your podcast um, interview with Nick on um, sleep. Yeah. So finding that really interesting. But obviously, people just look forward to hearing you on the podcast. So welcome back, so. man. Thank you. <laughs> so, Bryn, um, I it's been a few weeks since we last spoke, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I read ahead of a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the books I just finished is a book called Game Changers by Dave Asprey. Yeah. Dave Asprey is known for bulletproof coffee, yeah. bulletproof radio, and you know that whole kind of biohacker scene. And he's done hundreds of podcasts. He's been going at it for years. One of um, his missions was to condense all the learnings he's getting from these interviews with leaders across sport, business, science, um and understand the things that are important to them yeah and are the you know common themes of success basically and this book was really interesting because it it done a little word map at the beginning and it kind of said okay out of all four four hundred and fifty people do some data analysis across the whole piece what are the common themes 
in ranked order. Mm -hmm. And the top five were nutrition, relationships, self-awareness, exercise, and sleep. And I just kind of had to pause and think about that. The top one most important thing that the most successful businessmen, sportsmen, leaders across various disciplines mm. was nutrition. So these and these are guys that aren't involved in the industry. They're so not biohackers. They're separate. not wellness people. Some of them are. Yeah. The majority of them are di- people from you just know, a collective of successful just people good people corporate there's or... few celebrities in there uh-huh. there's people that have run football teams there are scientists of very di- various disciplines across the board he's had some fantastic mm-hmm. guests um and very few of them uh have his passion yeah for what he does around wellness so mm-hmm. they're just kind of you know average in in the sense of they're focused elsewhere yeah but but nutrition was number one yeah that was Really that's quite surprising, considering a lot you you almost feel like that's the opposite. If someone's, um, you know, in the I don't know, someone successful that's busy and runs their own business, probably one of their lower down on the list priorities is probably nutrition. It usually is when you meet a and lot of people sleep. when they're busy and they earn lots of money and have a successful business. I know. However, I know. this is it. So there's a difference between the um, the struggling entrepreneur yeah the person who's trying Mm -hmm. but maybe has not reached yeah you know uh, a level of performance and success so they're they're on that steep incline yeah right and on that steep incline you know life goes to shit balance is all over the place you know you you kind of dig deep in the business aspects and yeah. quite often you let these things go mm. but the people he speaks to are the people that have kind of got overgone that hump they're now at a point of enlightenment they're aware they've seen mm-hmm. their failures they've seen the things that they ignored and the consequences yeah. it paid and they're at a point of enrichment enriching their lives their yeah. happiness their success making an impact and their conclusions were nutrition was number one and relationships and self-awareness were in the two and three spot. And I thought it'd be good to talk about that because we don't yeah. really talk about those things. No, on, we've not really covered this, this in, in the past. So that'd be a great conversation Sound to good? have. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. I'm thinking relationships being number two. Mm-hmm. I looked through the uh, the book and had, had to think about this. And I think the essence behind the the theme or the guidance mm-hmm. of these individuals was really around networking yeah valuing the connections with other people yeah whether it be people above you in your specific industry mm-hmm. whether it be your mentors whether it be your peers your your employees yeah. your employer your relationships at home your friends family it was really at an appreciation of the significance that comes when you really value connection yeah and the goodness that just seems to unfold in your life when you don't step on on people on the way up and just cause havoc and just try and go alone Mm. with your blinkers on yeah i think it's it's your it becomes your environment because that's who's around you and the relationships you build will then manifest into 
like I say, your environment, what, what's going on around you. So if you if you have terrible relationships, you're going to have a lot of drama in your life. You're probably not going to be as successful as if you have true, meaningful relationships with, like you say, family, friends, colleagues, whether that's your, people above you. If you have better um, relationships, you're just going to have an easier and more successful life because of that. Um, but it's easy. It's easy to not prioritize. Very easy relationships, and I've I've been there. I've um, either been um, not grateful enough for the good and great people around me, or assumed I could just do it alone. Do you think? As you've gotten older, it, it, it's something that's become more important because I find that a lot of people, when they when they get a little bit older, they start to think about these things a little bit more than when you're in your, say, your 20s, for instance. Do you think that's part of it? Maturity is definitely, uh, definitely a part. But then you get you can get young people that really respect relationships yeah. and others that don't. And maybe a level of introvertism um, and a level of not needing feedback and praise from others to feel good about myself mm -hmm. has led me to believe that I don't need other people to feel good and do my work, which yeah. in, in, a, in, in one way is true. That is definitely my personality. I don't need you to praise me mm -hmm. or encourage me to do what I do. Yeah, I don't need to get a pat on the back and mm -hmm. I don't need you to motivate me to do what I do. Yeah, But if you look only through that lens, there's a couple of things that I've noticed that can go wrong. One, I think we're just social creatures, right? We are. We are. We're the dominant species on the world because of our social capability and our mm. self-awareness. Yeah. You will not find the level of social skills and social and and self-awareness in any other species. Some are quite advanced, but hey, they're yeah. not running the world like we are, right? Yeah. Dolphins are Top clever, but hey, they're they're not. Yeah. They're not calling the shots. But even even they're clever, but if you look at dolphins, they're more um, social than exactly. See, this come, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we 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 are social. We, we, it's built within us to create and be part of community. Yeah. Now some people think oh, I, I hate people. I don't enjoy people's company. Yeah. I am an introvert. I love my own space and time. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking with others is just a tax. It's but, it's hard work, but. At the same time, whether you want to never find a partner, you want to live alone, mm -hmm. or you know, just want to have cats, or be a hermit. at some level, something's missing. Whether you want to admit it or not, yeah. that connection with others, that deep, real sense of respect and connection means a lot to us. Mm. And I also think, hey, celebration is nothing if you do it alone. Yeah. Imagine being in a football stadium, watching your team play, on you know on the world stage really important match mm. and you're the only one watching yeah would be the same and they score a goal and you're like, oh yes <laughs> you look around and that's it there's no roar <laughs> there's no buzz there's yeah. no kind of united sense of euphoria it's just yeah. you watching a football match but now you stick a hundred thousand people in there and now it's electric. It's a different, yeah different ball game no pun intended but and and it's like <laughs> so when you have a conversation with a friend on the phone and afterwards you just have this kind of like euphoric feeling after that you've just just feel you, good yeah and you're like i don't we didn't talk about anything amazing like why mm. like why do i feel that way but it just does it you just feel that way after having some sort of social connection with someone if it's meaningful 
yeah, if you if, respect that person and you 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 can let your guard down and be you, and, yeah, and you know that they care for you and vice yeah. versa, then that's a great place to be. Yeah, if you're talking to someone who doesn't care for you and and is not interested in what you say, then that can be a very different conversation. It can actually do the opposite and be yeah. somewhat draining. If you talk to someone that you you know feels negative about you or your situation or you just don't get on with, and you're just bad. I just think if you haven't got a good relationship there, you you just feel almost drained afterwards yeah. and then you say that person you know when you hear people say oh that person's a sponge they just they just like almost take your energy from you i feel like that's that wouldn't happen to someone that you have a good relationship with because they just fill you up yeah if you speak to someone well, that certainly. you care about you it, it does it just makes you feel better right so now think think about think about business now it's easy. It's easier in in today's world to assume that you can go alone, to yeah. some degree, right? You know, with the enablement of the internet, you know, we can do a lot mm-hmm. through technology and through the internet that doesn't require lots of people. At very least, doesn't require people in the same space to do work. And I think there are lots of people, and me included, who value their own skills, uh, struggle with the standards of others. Mm -hmm. And as a result, think it's just easier if I do it by myself. Yeah. And it is, it is to a degree until it isn't until the the objectives of your business grow to the point where you can't fulfill them anymore, because you do not have the time, the space, you don't have the creativity to problem solve Mm -hmm. as one person brainstorming it just isn't as effective yeah. as whether you've got four people that you really respect trying to solve a problem together, yeah. you're going to find a better solution. And I think that's probably a big essence of what they were saying mm-hmm. uh, throughout uh, that analysis is you need people to be great. You can't be great alone. Yeah. You can be good, mm-hmm. but if you want greatness across any discipline, whether it be just a general, a good life yeah. through to fantastic businesses, you're going to need people on your side working with you yeah. as a team. And um, I just think that's, whilst it's obvious, you won't see you know the biggest companies in the world being a one-man band. Yeah. It is also not obvious yeah. because there's lots of people that think they don't need other people yeah. to be successful for themselves. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to be rate limited. If you look at... So if you look at like some of the best companies, usually if you look behind the scenes, there will be the best managed companies in the world in terms of how they manage their staff. They look after their staff. So there's a level of, I suppose, relationship there with their staff. Of course, um, yeah. And those are the businesses that tend to run really well. Um, Virgin, for instance, he he talks about look after your staff because they are your, your strongest asset because they look after your customers. Mm-hmm. And that's why that business runs so well. I think companies like EasyJet, they're pretty good. They're just a good company. Apple, good company would, to work Apple for. would be a similar. Apple, Google. Yeah. So I think a lot of these big successful companies are ones that look after their their employees and probably build camaraderie and they all have a good relationship with each other. Yeah, there's probably some sort of office politics there. But on a whole, the relationship there is pretty good with each other and the business. Yeah. Um, and also if you look at like, and, and what I'm trying to say is that there's a good team there. Um, if you're looking at an athlete, the best athletes in the world don't do it alone either. They, don't, they no. have it. They have a team, they have a nutritionist, they have maybe a sleep coach. Maybe they have, 
um, someone they're working on psychology. That's so true, man. So that's that's athletes, a great point, that yeah. is, man, because in solo sport athletes look yeah. like as if it's just all them. It's yeah, yeah. just raw genetic talent and skill. And whilst it absolutely is, mm -hmm. they wouldn't be anywhere near as good as they are if they didn't have a team of people around them the optimizing. And that and that feed, you know, that that work, works in your home. Mm. That's the same at home. If you want to, you want to be successful in life, be it lose weight, just have optimal body composition or business, or whatever. You have to have that at home as well. You have to have a good relationship with your wife. You have to have a good relationship with your kids. You just have to have that support network, which will create a good environment. Yeah, because then that will fuel your success. And incredibly important. And the uh, another thing that I think is becoming more apparent to me is nurturing relationships and mm -hmm. how often that pays off. So I'll hear people that are doing really well um, talk about respecting and kind of paying forward into relationships they care about. Yeah. They'll go out of their way to connect with people that have been forgotten or they haven't spoken to for a while because they understand that there's value in yeah. making others feel good. Mm -hmm. And there's value in just keeping in touch because you might be, you know, you might not spoke to someone for a year, maybe two years, but if you're just letting them know that you're thinking of them, mm -hmm. some wonderful things happen. There's a guy called Jordan Harpinger that talks about this quite a lot. One of his pieces of mm -hmm. advice is every day or very frequently, he'll go through his text messages yeah. app and he'll go to the bottom of the text list and he'll message the people right at the bottom and just say, hey, Hey man, I hope you're well. Just thinking about you. Hope X Y Z is going well. Yeah. Look, man, no rush, no urgency. Don't need anything from you. Just wanted to leave nothing of you. Mm -hmm. And he does that across so many people every single day that he'll get one, two, or three opportunities a week that came out of nowhere because the response is, "Hey, Jordan, man, oh, yeah. it's so great to hear about you. Hope you're well too." Funny you just text yeah, yeah. me because I've just been thinking about X Y Z, and there's a guy I'm speaking to. You should hook up with him. Boom. Oh, you're there at the right time, at the right place, but you're not. It's just that you've reached out and you've created opportunities. I actually believe that some of the best opportunities you'll ever get is through people you know. Like you can create your own opportunities by going searching for it. And in some ways you are by texting, you know, and building relationships um, with people that you know. But what I mean is that it's through the people you know that are creating Definitely. these opportunities. And I think the best opportunities come through that, right? So, yeah, I know a guy called Bedrose Kulian, um, someone in the, he runs a big sort of fitness business empire. Okay. Um, and he talks about this a lot. He, every morning he'll text three people um, in his contact list and just say something along those lines of, hey man, thinking of you, just to let you know um, that I'm here if you need to chat don't need anything from you very similar mm. and he does exactly the same thing and he always says as well your network is your net worth um and i never really kind of appreciated what he was saying when he said that um and then when he kind of broke it down and said look the people around you like there's so many opportunities and if you're talking to these people and you're letting them know you're there and you genuinely mean it as well and you're not actually just looking for something but mm. you just stay in contact with the people you know opportunities will arise i also think it's 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 selfishly fulfilling because i do this uh you yep. know i've i've kind of heard the tip and thought yeah that's really good i should do this i don't do it as often mm -hmm. as i should just because i feel like i don't want to badger the same people every yeah, yeah. two weeks but you know I, i'll make a habit of doing this now and it you just feel good afterwards like do you know yeah. what this this was a 
incoming, you know, message that no one would have expected. And for a moment, they would feel good. And that makes me feel good knowing that yeah. they're feeling good, that they they know I'm thinking of them. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I just think it's that reciprocity, that kind of, we, there's a win-win yeah. in, in kind of just keeping these relationships going. And in some cases, other than just feeling mm-hmm. of goodness, opportunities arise. And I yeah. think that's that's the essence of these 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 leaders talking yeah. about relationship but i think there is um there is a challenge though with with leaders mm-hmm. is that they are power hungry is the wrong word but they've leveraged power yeah to achieve the position they have they have asserted power over a body of people so that they are appreciated acknowledged given the opportunity and so forth and there is a bit of a, I think, a fight between wanting to connect with people mm-hmm. and wanting to assert power over them. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying asserting power over people is in its own right truly evil. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't if you understand what you're doing. Yeah. But I think quite often the reason we don't reach out to that person yeah. is it's going to make me It'd look feel... like a bit weak. Like, yeah. like, why am I reaching out to him? Yeah. He should be reaching out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? yeah. But, and and that, what does I he think need? It's in what the does way. he need? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think you kind of need to drop that and go like, no, actually, yeah. you're more powerful for reaching out to someone saying mm. I'm thinking of you versus weak that you're needing yeah. their com- connection. Do you know what I mean? But you yeah. kind of need to you need to have that conversation with yourself and say, like, yeah. drop it, the it's ego. your perspective on on the situation because I when I. The first heard about Bedrose doing doing texting three people a day. I mean, I'd run out of people pretty damn quickly. <laughs> same here, <man>. but <laughs> I'm thinking, how can you text three people every day? Surely badgering the same people. But I was thinking at first, I thought well, that's a bit weird. Like, would it not be a bit odd? Like, people be like, why, why are you texting me? But you know, once you get over that, and then you change your perspective on it, as you said as well, you're you're thinking as well rather than almost badgering someone and coming from a point standpoint of i need you it's okay actually i'm kind of coming from a more of a power standpoint and i'm contacting you just to let you know i'm here if you need anything yeah um as well i think the word power has kind of a negative of course it does connotation i just think that it just you think of power as um the way that hollywood would portray power if you know manipulation Yeah, yeah rather than actually power is just a normal thing and i think it's good to have power um it's, i don't want to digress but there but, is a book i'm reading on power which is amazing amazing what that? it's uh a, the author is robert green mm-hmm. yeah and it's called 48 laws of power and i'm not i'm we're going to talk is about this 50 cents oh no yeah he has done the 50th a, law i've read of robert green yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah. so he it. has done something with 50 cent yeah this is one of his other books right, okay. one of his classics mm-hmm. written in like 98 i think it is and I've only kind of only started on it, but it's written in a very Machia- Machiavellian way. I, mm-hmm. You read it and you feel dirty reading it because it is about influence and power and owning yeah. your part, part of the world. And it does sound very manipulative. However, yeah. if you, you are unaware of that power play, you're going to get played. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about it's manipulating natural... others. It's about understanding... Yeah how to navigate these power struggles that live and exist everywhere. Yeah. And you can rise above it. Anyway, I don't want to digress on that. Maybe if we close on the relationships piece on just maybe some tips, Mm -hmm. we kind of discuss them. Yeah. So the things I was thinking of is, yeah, this text everyday thing, that's just, that's a 
that's a winner. Yeah. Whether it's Facebook Messenger, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's text messages, whatever. But get into the habit of reaching out to people, not seeking their sympathy or their support. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, playing to their ego and giving them giving them something yeah. to feel good. Mm-hmm. That you're not asking for anything, you're just thinking about them. I think that's, in, that's so powerful. And if you're not doing it, maybe just once a week to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just week. start to get into the habit. Definitely. Um, there's a couple of people I know. Um, one of them actually, I mentioned his name, Ben Coomba. Yeah. He when I when we text each other, he does something which I think is really neat. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always text me. He'll send me a voice message. Okay. Not call me because yep. he doesn't want to have a conversation, hasn't got a time. Mm-hmm. But he'll just leave a voice message. So instead of tapping away, he's just like, hey, Steve, man, yeah, I've just got your message, blah, blah, blah. It'll just, nothing, no, nothing poetic. Yep. Just, he'll just speak instead of text. Yeah. And that has, an imp- personal. that has an impact on me, man. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. So... That could be and, and, a, and a time saver on his side. Exactly. It's a win-win, man. Um, as I said before, I think put put others first in your messages. Don't yeah. ask for stuff because you, you just, you'll piss people off yeah. if you always get on the scrounge. Mm-hmm. Um, increase your network. Deliberately think about increasing your network. And as I say, e- even if you're someone who's either an introvert or believes that you can do the majority of what you need to do right now by yourself, um, looking at ways in which to introduce yourself to mm-hmm. other people, either it would be in your field or within the community in which you operate, I just yeah. think is like you've got to get yourself out of your shell and connect with others because, as you say, connecting with people creates opportunity. Yeah, and this isn't just a selfish pursuit. It 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 cuts both ways. Yeah. But you've got to put yourself out there because if you're not out there, go into these, whether it be network events or just reaching out to people, mm-hmm. talking to people, you're yeah. not, you're going to be an unknown to the rest of your yeah. space. And if you are, just to add on to that point, if you are an introvert, char- introverted character like myself and you are, sli- you know, no, to yeah. some degree, yeah. Yeah. Um, it pulls you out of your shell as well. So it actually brings you out of yourself if you go and connect and talk to people. And it's not that scary. No, it's not. It's not, <laughs> you know I mean? it's not like we build it up in our head. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. Um, support your community. Um, yeah. it, I'm just thinking about this from the context of my daughter's swimming and things that we're doing. Like We're starting to get connect, some connection to the fabric of our community. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a while for us to embrace that. Um, and now, now I'm starting yeah. to think and we're starting to think like, how can we contribute? Not just take or not just be present. But how can we actively contribute towards yeah. the community? And you know, I look, I look at my daughter swimming. I think maybe there's something I could do to help. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. But what else can we do that kind of stops us just living a very selfish, isolated, focused, uh, self-focused life? Yeah. And you know I mean, I think that helps. And then the last thing for me is um, just generally get in the mood, in the mode of reaching out to new people. So yeah. I've done, I've done that definitely over the last six months and. It's paid dividends. Yeah, look what it's done. We've had some fantastic yeah. podcast guests that, quite frankly, you know, some might argue they, you know, I don't deserve the right to speak with them because of their pedigree or where they're at or how much influence they have on the world. If you don't world. ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, you don't get. And you know what? I can add value to them, but you've got to think about them first, not you, and yeah. give them the win. And that's been really, really helpful over the last six months in yeah. kind of developing the adaptation network with uh, influencers and leaders in this space. So yeah. 
Anything else else to add on the relationships, no, I, think, I think that's all. We kind of covered that earlier in the conversation, but yeah, yeah some great tips there, mate. So I, I mentioned one thing, which I think kind of helps us explore another aspect of relationships and self-awareness, which is this kind of power connection struggle. Yeah. Now, a, bit, a word that keeps playing through for me a lot mm. recently with a lot of what I'm reading is ego. Yeah. And um, is your ego your friend or your foe? Mm. Now, to define ego, some people would think ego is just like just being egotistical, mm -hmm. which is being self-obsessed, uh, always posing and looking yourself in the mirror and all that kind of stuff. But your ego is a lot more than that. Yeah. Your ego is there to protect you against threats. It's like an invisible armor. It is. So if you think about it, like whenever your ego is talking to you or whenever you're feeling worried, anxious, threatened, uh, fearful, wanting to run, wanting mm -hmm. to fight, that's your ego playing, kicking mm -hmm. in. Because your ego, which is a the primitive part of your brain, you know, that you know, earliest part of the evolutionary process was to have this innate automatic sense of anticipating fear sorry antici anticipating danger and yeah. threat mm -hmm. so it's there automatically very hard to turn off yeah. to say you should be worried about a presentation steve you, you know you're going to get killed okay yeah. i'm not but it, it in my primitive mind is like yeah, yeah. that's dangerous going out yeah, there yeah. talking to those people because now now um, we live in a very social world and that is our now, that's kind of our new danger, right? Because we don't have lions chasing us, but what we do have is is the, yeah, these, these social uh, threats and dangers and your brain yeah. is just seeing the same, it's a different cue, but it's seeing the same thing and it's responding the same way. Yeah. And that, that is, can be really dangerous in today's world, but it can also, mm -hmm. I think, be a great tool for efficiency like your ego is there to stop you doing silly things mm -hmm. stop you and you know, avoid actual danger yes yeah. that's, that's important um but i think we've turned self-awareness into self-obsession mm -hmm. and lots of people are struggling with their ego being this nasty hypercritical mm -hmm. frustrating voice that just continues to take away from the fabric of your person making yeah. you feel vulnerable worried anxious frustrated uh too self aware yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. well well uh sorry to button but no go on i so obviously you know i went to the elliot holes workshop yep. in london um and and that basically that was a lot of this uh on the second day it was about getting ourselves out of our own ego mm. um and understanding what the ego does and how it can kind of trap you and create holding patterns within the body, tension in the jaw, in the neck, because you're trying to like, you, you hold down what you really want to say, because your ego is like, you better not say that. You know, you don't truly say what you want to do, want, want to say, sorry. And it's, this is automatic. You don't know, no. unless you're aware. Yeah. And unless you reach that level of enlightenment and go, actually, this is happening. Yeah. You don't know it's happening. Yeah. So you stifle it down. You mm. get it tight solar plexus because you're breathing shallow yeah and he was trying to say open up solar plexus open up your jaw open up your throat you know and then don't be afraid to dance and scream and jump around like he's like you would do it in a room with no one watching why would you not do it in a room full of people what's the difference mm. i was like 
holy shit, yeah. Like, you, I could do this, what I'm doing, jumping around and shouting and screaming. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It did feel very weird. But that <laughs> that's felt weird because it was my ego trying to stop me from doing course, it. Yeah. But if I did it in a room on my own, I would I would, I would do it a heck of a lot easier than if I was doing it in a room or when I did do it in a room full of other people. Mm. Now they were all doing it. Which I, I, I it. think I think our ego kicks in even when we're alone. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Like, uh, you still would feel like a tit if you're yeah. dancing around your, 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 your little office yeah. alone and no one else is in there because yeah. your ego's going, don't, don't do that. <laughs> 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 do you know yeah, I mean? do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it does. It still kicks well, in even when you're isolated. Yeah, because when we're doing it, Elliot was like, you're going to catch yourself doing it. He yeah. says, you're going to have this sort of out-of-body experience where you kind of, you're doing it, you're in the moment, la, 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 you're doing it, and then suddenly you're going to catch it, capture yourself doing this and go, Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. And and I'm thinking, yeah. And then it did. It happened on a couple of occasions where I was like, this this is, I, I can't, and it almost stopped me. It almost stopped me. And that's my ego. That's that's my ego trying to stop me. Not saying that you've got to go now dancing with the street, but what this did is it, for me was make me appreciate what the ego does and yeah. how it can hold you back, but also how you can break through the ego and actually you can get beyond that. So, so Elliot's actually a good example because there are, you know, like yogis and people that have gone on, you know, have been shamans, have gone on psychedelic enlightenment yeah. and like kind of altered states to, yeah. you know, they get to a point of like knowing, yeah. right? Like, um, but, you know, Buddhist monks and yeah. stuff like that. And they, some may declare, including themselves, that they are rid of their ego. Mm. That actually is more egotistical than before because now you think you know everything yeah now you think you you've understood how to control your ego how you are, you've understood the world you've understood happiness that is a significant uh, claim claim <laughs> which which is really your ego speaking yeah so i don't think you can remove yourself of ego like and, you and can't look at kids for it. example right kids don't have ego in in the societal definition of it right mm -hmm. when they're young enough they're not necessarily self. They're they're not self obsessed. Absolutely yeah. not. Uh, they're not self conscious. Like they're not aware necessarily. Well, I think they are right. because because kids do know danger from safety. They mm -hmm. do know love from anger. Yeah. They do have these rudimentary, uh, primitive senses, which is really what the ego is there to protect you know, nurture safety and, you know, support you being mm -hmm. safe and secure. And let me try and avoid danger. So they can navigate that instinctively. Yeah. And they have a level of kind of self-awareness, but at, yeah. a, at a, I'm trying to protect this meat on the bone type situation mm -hmm. versus uh, a conscious awareness of who they are as an individual. Yeah. But unfortunately, as I say, that's instinct just jumps straight to self-obsession for lots of people and i don't mean self-obsession in the way of they're really vain mm -hmm. but lots of people are self-obsessed yeah and do you know what i mean like yeah. they're living in their world with their problems and they are struggling to either see the bigger picture put things in context yeah beat themselves up a lot about their failings or or misgivings or things that they've done wrong and I've been there. I, I, it's, a, it's a constant battle for everyone. Yeah. I don't think anyone is uh, immune to mm. having those thoughts. Yeah. 
But what it takes a level of self-awareness to see that you're being self-obsessed. Yeah. And see, and then you can choose if you want to try and correct that. And self-obsessed, when when you think of someone being self-obsessed, you think of someone that's selfish, taking loads of pictures on Instagram. Actually, no, sometimes it's acquired to people that seem very selfless that can be quite self-obsessed because they are very vulnerable, very focused vulnerable. about them not focused, being exactly. in fear yeah, yeah. or sorry, be, being threatened. Yeah. So they'll put themselves in safe situations. That's yeah. being self-obsessed as opposed yes. to liberated and free and comfortable with the world and yeah. their existence. I'm That's sure, self-obsession. Yeah, That's what I mean by that. Yeah, exactly. And I think like we can all relate to that with things like social media. We all have this self-obsession when we put something out if we put a post out on social media, we almost want it to be perfect. Yeah. The perfect picture angle or um, when you're writing the caption underneath, you want to make sure you're writing it in a safe manner that's not going to do you any harm. Some people are really blasé, but they still care. <laughs> yeah. Like some people are, are really cash. Yeah. And you think, yeah, they don't care, but they still do care. They might not care about, I need a million likes, but they do still want to be liked through their aloofness. So would someone like James Smith, for instance, fall into that category? It's yeah, just someone course. I'm... Like, just... If, if he just produced stuff and and he's very no blase. one was interested, yeah. he wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. He wants the reinforcement that what he's doing... I mean, yeah, not not to, not to badger on about him, but, you know, I look at a lot of what he does. It's all about attention. Yeah. Most of his stuff is about grabbing attention. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure that... He's 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 coming from a place of, you know, selflessness and giving. That's mm. not that's not the way he operates. He wants the fame, the yeah. fortune, and eyes on him. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. again, I'm not slighting him. That's where a lot yeah, yeah. of us are at. Yeah, and that, that's something I think, like you say, you kind of have to step back and almost be self aware to know that you're doing that. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's hard. It's hard. And there's there's processes and spiritual yeah. practices and stuff like that. Um, on a psychedelics course to here's here's, a, here's another thing i think that the ego is just too easily triggered today yeah like when life was a hell of a lot more simple you know go back to our prehistoric days there were less triggers mm -hmm. right you know we were observant instinctively but we weren't being triggered every minute of every day yeah with something that is is questioning our safety and ability to thrive. Because someone can question you at any time. They can just they can just go onto your Instagram question you. Oh, but it's not. I'm not just talking the external. I'm talking about you questioning you the environment, the situation, what you've just read on the news, through yeah. to um, you know what you've just looked on social media. To you wake up in the morning, you see something, and it just triggers the thought. You're in the yeah. car, things are going off. All this stuff is happening, most of which you're not aware, but it's mm -hmm. triggering you constantly. You catch yourself in the mirror. Ah, I don't like. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't like the bags under my eyes. It's just constant triggering. Yeah. And again, if you're not aware that you're being triggered, yeah, it's it can very quickly become this self-obsessed, yeah, um, overly vulnerable place where you speak so so shit to yourself. And I've been there. I I, I have got a really harsh tone to myself, mm -hmm. harsh voice. I have to control that and I have yeah. to give myself, I have to be more grateful for myself. <clears throat> yeah. I have to give myself a little bit more slack. I need to stop setting the bar so high. I need to embrace my failures and actually encourage failure and just not feel like I'm in this constantly constricted judged, this panel of judges yeah. looking down on me going, 
that wasn't right, Steve. That was, you know, he didn't wake up early enough. He didn't yeah. start work soon enough. He didn't get enough done today. That wasn't good enough. Mm. Why did he not speak to your wife more? Why did he not spend more time with yeah, your yeah. kids? Why did he not say more of this? You know, constantly, like, why have you just been such a loser? Yeah. That happens. But I've got a hell of a lot better, but it still exists. Because you... It, it's finding a balance, I guess, between not letting yourself off the hook and having zero standards on, on and holding yourself accountable. Because so there'll be a lot of people out there that get up late and go, meh, doesn't matter. But then at the same time, you don't want to constantly be almost nagging yourself. Mm. You want to find a balance where you're like, I don't know, I don't know how you find that balance. I mean, how are you mm. what are you doing to work on that? I mean, it's it, it's coming from a place of. Um, uh, just being more grateful for yeah. how I show up and really just trying to encourage a voice which is more like the voice of a loving parent mm-hmm. to a kid because I think we need more of that. Yeah. So, so it's like structured criticism rather than just criticism. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare, you know, slate and uh, berate my kids when they're trying. The way that I do, yeah, you know, they, you know, Kira's doing gymnastics right now, and it's fine. She's just getting started. Everything is rubbish, mm. but she's doing great. It's been two yeah. or three sessions, and you know, she's getting her head around it. Things are, yeah. you know, she's starting to work out some moves. She's, and she's loving it because she's getting reinforcement from the coaches. We're saying great things, and she's progressing quickly. And it's amazing to see, but it's still rubbish. Yep. I mean, like she ain't going to the Olympics, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm not judging her based on the standards of Olympians. I'm encouraging failure. Yeah. I want to. I want you know. It doesn't matter if she falls down. It doesn't matter if she fails twenty times because when she gets that handstand right, then she's going to know. It's that it's that constant encouragement. Like, Great, well done. Dust yourself off. Learn about what yeah. you've just done, but just keep going. Yeah. And actually get excited that you've fallen down because you've tried, you've understood what not yeah. to do. Now let's try and do it differently. Well, I can I can remember like when I was a kid, I so I've got an example of this. And my dad was very quick to kind of put me down if I wasn't at that standard straight away. So we I was young and we were trying to kick the ball over the the a full size goalpost. And we we're okay. trying to kick it to each other. My brother, sister was there, my dad, me. I couldn't get it over the post because I was just wasn't big enough skillful enough yeah. to, to get the ball over and then he would get annoyed at me and he would get annoyed and be like basically like you're shit mm. right and then that would that that would eat away at me um and i'd feel like i'm not good enough but you know like you say give time get better get stronger and skill gets better and stuff and, and you'll do it right so that was kind of like we all need encouragement yeah but then there was another time later on in my life that my mum was trying to sort something out with the lock and i remember she gave it to my brother. My brother's older than me and a bit more superior because he was older and he would mm. do all the things in the house and he couldn't do it. So then he gave it back to mum. Mum gave it to me and he laughed and he was like, he's not going to do it. Like, it's my little brother, he can't do it. And my mum was like, no, you can do it. I'm sure you can work it out. You'll figure it out. And then I did it and I managed to figure it out and I gave back to her there. And uh, because she was encouraging me, I almost just listened. You believed? I believed. I, li- I was listening to my brother. Yes. My mum said, no, you, you do it. Like, and and I I did it, and I remember that just those two circumstances in They're my childhood, man. yeah, have really kind of made hopefully balanced me out. Because if I had too much of what my dad was doing, mm. I, I I I can feel how that holds me back now. 
not just that one time, but him doing that repeatedly over time. Yeah. So I find um, that sort of positive reinforcement, that voice that you have in your head is can be created through your parents or whatever environment. And that that's it. That so voice you, in your head. you asked me the question, you know, what do I do to try and navigate, not cut myself too much slack yeah. and being lazy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not being too harsh. So then I can navigate doing my very best every single day. And, um, you know, I, I don't have, uh, don't have a perfect system by any stretch, but mm-hmm. it is, it is always returning back to that essence of be kind to yourself Yeah, and be your best, the, the, the leader that's made the biggest impact to your life, whether it be someone, you know, personally or, or, or not, but how do they come across? How do they encourage mm-hmm. excellence in people? Yeah. And it's through love and it's care and it's encouragement and yeah. it's, um, it's forgiving it's not even forgiving mistakes it's embracing mistakes because that's part of the journey of learning and if you've overreached with your goal and therefore you haven't been able to fulfill it telling yourself that actually you set your expectations too high today yeah and you're only one man right let's let's rebalance our 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 expectations and I've that's one thing I've done I've I've lowered my expectations on yeah. a daily basis mm-hmm. not to suggest I want to do less I've just now kind of gone I've, I've had enough feedback to know I yeah. keep oversetting yeah. my goals yeah well that, <laughs> and, that, and that's really that's really demoralizing yeah when you constantly are always short yeah of a goal yeah so now I've just gone you know what what about if I just made my goals still ambitious but I know realistically can yeah. be done with a stretch, with a little bit of work. And as a result, when I, when I have those days and I go, I said I was going to do these things and I've done them, even though I've got a laundry list of other things I need to do, which yeah. are somewhere else hidden, not in my face, but the yeah. things I said I was going to do today, they're done. They're off the list. Yeah. That sense of pride yeah, yeah. Is, is, is enormous. So there's things like that that I've, I've just kind of yeah. like get through. But is the I've said this saying on, on this podcast before is that people underestimate what they can achieve in a year and overestimate what they can achieve in a day. Kind of like you're saying mm-hmm. there, you're like you need to, to bring your, your stand, not your standards, but your, your, what you can achieve down a little bit, but overall you're still aiming high, yeah. but you're just bringing down what you can achieve in that time. Yeah. I think it's just the, the expectation on yourself. Two things that I would do, or I do do um, personally, I, I don't, put my expectation to the expectations of others um, or what other people can do, I will then go, well, he gets up at 4 a.m. and and starts work. Mm. So now me getting up at, say, 7 um, a.m. Is a failure. In my head, I'm going, you're lazy. Why didn't you get up at 4 4 a.m.? But actually going, you know what? And and, and so not comparing to that person. And then what feeds into that, the second part is then – rationalizing what i'm saying going well actually like i was up late last night because of work like sleep's important so actually getting that sleep's important for me so don't tell myself off in a way Mm. for having a bit of a lie-in because now i'm probably going to be more productive yeah yeah and be more productive in the daytime so then actually think about why are you saying that? Because actually what you're saying might not actually make sense. You're just having to go at yourself for the sake of kind of trying to raise your standards I, upon others. I think you're, you're bang on. There's too often, and I, I see it in my, in my former self, yeah. in my current self and people around me, that we, we know what's right mm. for us. Like 
I've been walking the dog recently, first thing in the morning. I haven't been doing that, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. for quite a long time. And I haven't been doing it because it takes time. Yeah. And I've already got a packed schedule of things I want to do in the morning before I even start work. Like, I have a next a big expectation of myself in the morning so I can crank it yeah. out of nation. And the idea of like taking 40 minutes out, you know, from getting dressed to getting back and all the walk in between is yeah. like, I just don't have the time for that. Can't be done. Ain't going to happen. But I know getting out in the sunshine, yeah. getting out in nature, because I've got amazing nature just here, yeah. um, gives me the space, the vitamin D, the, you know, helps amplify my circadian rhythm. Um, gives me an opportunity to reflect on, you know, being grateful and thinking about things in, in perhaps a little bit more context, yeah. a bigger picture of you. It's amazing. And when mm. I do it, it's like, I should be doing that every it day. Gives you more creative yeah. space. There's so many things like that yeah. that we deprioritize because mm. in the moment of decision making, that sounds unproductive. Yeah. But the reality is, as you zoom out, that will create greater productivity. Yeah. And it's understanding return on investment that has a high return on investment. Yeah. Well, I was listening to your podcast with Nick, the sleep coach. Yeah. And he was saying about when he when he goes on a flight, he will write his ideas down that he's thinking about. Um, and then he would he sometimes he would he would message over these ideas when he can when he gets to his phone. Um and then all hell breaks loose back at the office because yeah. he's just sort of planted a seed for new ideas and everyone's going, what's this, what's that? And then he says it would just be a mirage of chaos. But he says, actually, you know what? Like, take time out and think about what, you know, basically reflection, think about it, mm-hmm. take longer and go, is there a better way of doing it? Um, so it's just that time out, it's that reflection to go, totally okay, agree, if I do man. it properly, I won't get a load of messages saying, what the hell was this? And just causing a sort of a whirlwind back at the office. Um, so at the time it may seem productive to kind of message over what you've got in your head and the ideas and the creativity, but actually just take a bit of time, reflect and think about it. And you going out for a dog walk, exactly the same. You, you, you know, you might have an idea in your head, you can go out and you can think about it. You have headspace, you become more creative and then you come back, smash your work. Exactly. And I've got, I've got one, one, one example, which really, really hit home around the ego Mm -hmm. thing. Um, and it's not a well-formed thought here, so bear yeah. with me as I try and spit <laughs> this one out. But um, I was here. I was hearing someone talk about interviewing Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. and they the conversation was really around it. That was it was a conversation around ego a little bit to some degree. And the person talking about this was going, "I can imagine Stevie Wonder doesn't have any nerves." when he goes up to perform it just seems like he acknowledges that he's doing god's work yeah and he's just there to bring value and he's just calm about it just doesn't look like the kind of person gets any kind of stage fright or nerves or any kind of anticipation which is very uncommon because even the most successful people whether it be runners swimmers football players tennis players you know uh life coaches people that are on a speaking circuit you know whilst they may be confident yeah and once maybe the first kick has been made then they calm down into a bit of a flow state pre the first kick the nerves are there yeah you know i've done many a presentation and once i get going i'm fine and 
everyone thinks I'm just calm, cool, collected. I've got this in the it's bag. Easy. You know the topic. You're good at speaking. You'll be yeah. fine. Uh, I know all those things. Doesn't mean I'm not going to get nervous. Mm. I still get nervous. I yep. still worry. I still kind of beat myself up about it and get in my head a bit too much. And this guy said, like, I just don't think Stevie Wonder has that. And I'm thinking, wow, he didn't say this explicitly. But what then started to play through in my mind was, is that because he's blind? Mm. Because a lot of what ego is, is a sense of judgment. Mm. Right? And the fear of judgment. Now, he doesn't know what he looks like. He doesn't know what he looks like when he performs. Yeah. He doesn't see the faces of others when he's performing. He doesn't even know they're there. I mean, you know, for, he yeah. knows they're there, but you know, he can't, he's not. He's not getting that feedback. Yeah. I'm like, as much as it's absolutely a curse that you know, he hasn't got the benefit of vision, it's a blessing for him because yeah. he doesn't. He he's tuned out all this noise and feedback, visual feedback. Mm-hmm. That has made that makes a lot of people very vulnerable. Yeah. Now he can go out and perform and not worry about the stage or how yeah. he looks or anything else. He's not in his head thinking about this outside view of him looking out. When you talked about yeah. Elliot Holtz, like looking out, seeing yourself, yeah, yeah. catching a, a silly movement and go, "Oh God, what are you doing?" I just don't think he probably has that because yeah. he hasn't had the benefit of vision. I'm like, wow. Because I, I, you can probably relate to this because when I've done. Um, in the past, I've done a nutrition talk and I'm doing the talk. There's about 30 people that I was doing it in front of. And I was doing the talk because normal, all good, in a flow state. I look, And then you look at a couple of people's faces and although they're enjoying the talk, they look bored. They're just sitting there like Someone grabs their phone or something. Yeah. Or grabs their phone. That take, takes suddenly my ego's going, they're not enjoying this. Yep. Oh, I'm... Like, what am I doing? And I just start doing this in my head. And, I have and this, then once you get that moment of self, yeah. like really self-awareness, now yeah. they're like, you, you're kind of fucked. You get off your, get off, off of your, your, your kind A-game. Of, I've been there, man. I've been yeah. there. When when so, you get that moment of awareness, like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, where was I? What am I doing? And you have to shut your ego down and yeah. go, just do what you're doing. Because if, if they don't like it, they don't like it. You can't change it now. Like you are who you are. Exactly. You're saying what you're saying. Just Whereas carry if on. you were blind, yeah. You couldn't see them. You couldn't yeah. even see yourself. Yeah. And you're just doing the thing you know how to do because you've done it a hundred times and you're really yeah. passionate about it. Yeah. Like if you're practicing at home, like you're just like just doing it. It's yeah. happening. It's great. It's coming out exactly as you planned. Yeah. I think that's a gift. And then that just kind of made me think like extend that thought further. What does that mean? What's the takeaway? Mm. The takeaway is we've got to find a way to blind ourselves at times. Mm. And I mean that metaphorically versus physically, but like, how do we close our eyes on the noise? Yeah. How do we tune out all this opportunity for feedback, which will get us vulnerable and worried and threatened? Like, how do you, how do you kind of put stuff into the blur? Yeah. Right. So you can focus on your craft and the thing you're doing, know that you've got this, know that you're doing quote unquote God's work. Just like, just go for it because yep. you've got it and not have this this visual feedback that kind of throws you off. I don't know the answer to that, but that that's the, that's the question Yeah, that I think could tune out a lot of the ego. Yeah. I think that that's then you tapping into your true inner self and that's where you start to realize what the ego is actually doing and you can go, you know what, I'm, I'm just coming from a place of, of 
inner peace. I don't want to sound too woo-woo with that, but it, you're coming from inner peace. You're coming from a place that you know is true mm. and not on judgment and your your view of that judgment and you and that's trying ba- to that's change ba- it. That's basically ego, man. So I thought that was an interesting profound yeah profound for me at least don't yeah. know if anyone listening to go has no, got I a penny there's, dropping moment, but. there's it's definitely some merit to what you're saying like that makes complete sense like i said i relate to you to what you were saying mm. when i was in front of people um and i think if you learn to manage that same as fear fear like egos that always going to be there fear fear is always there but you can't fear get is rid driven of fear, by ego but fear is driven by ego but these yeah. things they don't go you just learn to manage them you never get rid of them they'll always be there but yeah. how you manage them and that that i think is why it it self-awareness and 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 knowing about your ego can propel you forwards in success i, I think so man now just like closing on the ego piece i, I just kind of wanted to offer up a few tips yeah um i don't I don't do all of them myself but mm-hmm. you know i know i should yeah. <laughs> um one of them is just finding yourself right we're talking about self-awareness a lot you went to elliot holse's thing grounding camp um there are lots of both tools and experiences that can help you understand who you are Mm -hmm. right whether it be psychometric assessments whether it be like more technical like mechanical measurement stuff of like your your hormones and stuff whether it's going on a on you know doing yoga yeah. whether it's going on a re- some kind of spiritual retreat whether it's taking psychedelics i mean like i'm not endorsing any of this stuff or saying one is better than the other but anything that allows you mm-hmm. to effectively see yourself from the outside walks and all strengths and weaknesses um yeah. i think is is part of the journey of yeah. being 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 a human is because we are gifted with self-consciousness yeah and I just don't think we are self-conscious enough, not not conscious as in like constrained, but conscious in terms of liberation because yeah. we know who we are. Yeah. Do you know and what I mean? think we really to add on to that exact point is we really find ourselves when we are in uncomfortable situations. So I feel like in order to find yourself, it has to be some uncomfortable. So at the Elliot Hulse um, workshop, that was very uncomfortable for me, but I learned a lot from that mm. experience which now for me is a tool because yeah. I can relate and go when I'm in, 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 if I've got a scenario where I'm feeling that my ego is trying to take over, I'll just go, but I did that earlier horses. I know I can let go. I know I can move my ego to the side and I'll be okay. Um, so I, I think if you were to do say yoga, if you were to do yoga, probably not that much of a challenge for you. You probably wouldn't find yourself. You won't be, but, able, won't be able to get in a position but, to yeah, be on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the flexibility might be a problem. Yeah. But for someone else, that might be a big deal to them. Going yeah. in a classroom full of people, it could be a big deal. And that's how you find yourself and you get past. And what's stopping you from going in that room full of people? Your ego. Absolutely. So I think if it's challenging, then do, do it. the thing you fear the most, the fear itself, and move out of the way. I agree, as man. Ralph Waldo Emerson says. So, well yeah. said, man. I was gonna, I was gonna, gonna give you props for that saying but you've now just confessed that you stole it just just taking that one um there's another tip which is this um this this idea that i've heard from a guy called hal elrod which is the five minute rule Mm -hmm. really short basically he he's got this approach of life that was um passed on through generations or through a boss or something can't remember where but it was basically this 
if you're in a in a funk of whatever sort, like something really bad has happened, or you're just frustrated, something that is driving negative thought, instead of saying, I'm never going to be negative, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weed, life's amazing, something shit happens, yeah, I'm stronger than that, I'm, I'm not going to look at the death of someone or this or that as a negative, I'm just, everything's going to be rosy, that's bullshit, ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what he has, he has a five minute rule. Mm-hmm. And his five minute rule is he allows himself the opportunity to think negatively, as badly and negatively as his body wants, his brain mm-hmm. wants. But he gives him five minutes. And then after the five minutes, it's got to stop. That's a good idea. It's got to stop. So he, he, he was in a car crash where he was basically dead for six minutes and was told he can never walk. And they said, like, just, you know, it is what it is. You're never going to mm-hmm. walk. And they were blown away by how like optimistic he was and you know his mum asked me like what's going on he said look i gave myself five minutes so, you know i, I was self pit I, I i kind of wallowed in self-pity but you know what it's going to work it's going to be fine i'm not going to listen to what they're going to say i'm not going to let myself go there you know positivity will drive me through hey he's 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 um done a number of ultra marathons and he's wow. he's, he's a very yeah. successful person now because he didn't allow, him, yeah. allow himself to believe and he didn't allow himself to procrastinate and worrying being mm-hmm. frustration and i think we could all use that like okay yeah. allow ourselves the negativity but it's got to stop it can't go on for days and weeks on end because it can almost be overindulgence oh it happens all the time right you just get yourself in a funk and you hold it for hours or all day yeah and you hope that by the time you go to sleep and you wake up, life's going to be better. Yeah. How about you just go, no, enough's enough. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's it on the on the kind of ego front. Yeah. There was one last thing, Bryn, I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And it was actually the last tip, which is to practice gratitude more. Mm. Because if you're grateful, you're just in a better frame of mind. Yep. So I, I thought like, gratefulness can help your ego but let's just explore gratefulness for just a little bit the power of gratitude because that too kind of featured quite high up on the list of uh, this this work that i read and i think the reason why gratitude is so important is that gratitude turns into happiness mm-hmm. which turns into optimism which creates success <laughs> Just think yeah. about it, right? I, I know when I'm optimistic, like when I've been in the sales role, um, if I'm optimistic about my prospects, I've got a better chance of finding the answer yeah. and closing the deal versus if I'm very pessimistic, like, no, one, this ain't going to happen, no You're chance. shutting down. I'm just shutting down all the possibilities. Yeah. And people read that from you, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's some studies through salespeople that say that optimistic salespeople in general have 50% more success and more sales mm-hmm. than people less optimistic. Bet, yeah. Which just makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense, but the having the science and the data to prove that it's real, I think is massive. But to be to be to, to be optimistic, you've got to be in a good, happy place. And to be happy, you've got to be grateful. Yeah. Grateful for what you've got and the things happening in and around you. Yeah. Gratefulness is massive. And I think it's quite often a muscle that's not often that isn't used enough yeah. and you know i can i confess up to saying i don't spend enough time mm. being grateful yeah how do you feel about gratefulness so i've i've used a great um a gratitude journal um okay periodically i don't use it every single day but i have times when i use it um 
and you wake up in the morning, you write three things that you're grateful for, yep. um, how are you going to make the day great? And then at the end of the day, you fill it out and say why your day was great and how you could have made it better. That was going to be um, one of my tips. So okay. like, like you've yeah. used something similar. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and that just, you know, little things um, that I was grateful for, you know, like just having food in the fridge, you know, and heating and, you know, what in the winter, just little things that you're grateful for, like that can seriously make you more like, that can really like fuel happiness. Mm. And I, I, I learned that through being grateful. And um, the, the way I like to sort of think about it is we've all been out on a, we might have done a mud run or a long walk in the cold, but I'm talking like an eight hour walk, you know, when you go out with the family and you get dogs and you just go out for hours on end and you get freezing cold. And then at the end of the day, you come home, you have a shower, you put the food in the oven, you get the log burner going um, or the open fire going and you're like, this feels amazing. And it's just yeah. a simple pleasure, but it's because you're grateful for the warmth and the heat and mm -hmm. the food and, and, and maybe you have your family around. Suddenly, you don't know you're grateful necessarily, but you are grateful because you're like, this just feels great. Like who wouldn't feel simple great in that pleasure situation? of being being at home with yeah, the warmth exactly because you've experienced something more extreme throughout the whole day. Yeah, that also was a great great experience, by the way. But hey, you're thawing out. Exactly. It's good to feel yeah, warm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can feel my hands again now, so yeah, yeah. this feels good. So I've, I I kind of take that as as a you know I've I've had that experience personally, but I think we all have, and that's also a bit of an analogy um, that can be carried over to success in in your career. So you might you might kind of use that as being grateful. The challenge with gratefulness though, Bryn, is is keeping at it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because definitely it, it's easy to overlook. Because I've done things forget. like that too. I've I've gone through periods of being fairly religious with my kind of kind of gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of things that I think you struggle with. One, the creativity of what you're grateful for. So you're not saying the yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing yeah. yesterday and the day before and the day before because it loses its power when yeah. you just keep saying, I'm grateful <laughs> for the same stuff. Yeah. Um, and then two, it's an easy thing to just drop off the list. It's like, yeah. you know, we're talking about the walk with a dog is is an amazing thing. Yeah. It brings so much goodness and it's a good return on my investment. But hey, when when it when it comes to me prioritizing my activities, that looks like something I can Push drop, yeah. save half an hour. Same with gratitude practice. Mm. It might only be three minutes you do in the morning, but yep. it's three minutes that feels a bit like hard work. Yeah. And I could just not do it. Mm -hmm. But you're missing out on the gold because that they quite often say that if you can start the day with gratitude, yeah. you will you will have a completely different experience. Yeah. You will think about things in a different way. You will spot opportunities that didn't exist if you were in a mood. Mm -hmm. Um it seems to be the theme of the of the day because yeah. you've started off like i'm really grateful for the beautiful place that i live in and that my kids are healthy and you know I'm, I'm really healthy and i'm loving loving my relationship with my wife and you know you just spend a few minutes really really grateful for that and you know i love uh, living a great community and you know we've got all these amazing things to be grateful for yeah how can you not like extend that into a day that's just a little bit more light and sunny yeah do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think one of the uh, one of the main areas as well, because you're kind of saying like it's easy to push push gratitude away, and I think that's that's definitely relevant with health. I think so many people like you say, oh, I'm you know grateful that my kids are in good health, 
And I think that we just kind of live day to day and almost kind of yeah. can abuse our bodies, you know, just chuck food in our in our mouth and just eat it just to get get by. Don't move around all don't day. Don't move around, don't yeah. breathe, don't get sunlight. Yeah. And I think that we've become almost ungrateful the fact that our body's working and doing what it needs to do without us actually treating it the way we should oh, be treating totally. it. So I think like just the marvel of our body, that yeah. how complicated our body is. Yeah. And the fact it just does it day in day out even with abuse it's it's here every day yep. showing up helping us breathe helping us see helping us think helping us do yeah like shit's happening and you don't have any conscious awareness of it yeah that is amazing yeah now i know it sounds a little bit oh your head's in the sky like you know you got sh we got shit to do steve mm -hmm. right let's not talk about how great our bodies are but hey they are amazing and hey your life could be rubbish yeah like really going through a bad patch you've still got two feet and you can walk yep. and you know still alive like there's always something to be grateful always, and not yeah. just a little bit grateful you can be incredibly grateful for these tiny little things yeah because they're so big mm -hmm. but as you say we ignore them quite yeah. often and i i think i don't want to go too much down a rabbit hole what i'm about to say but i feel like that's why there's so much consumerism nowadays because we just want to distract ourselves and buy things and surround ourselves with all these big lovely things um simply because we're not grateful for the things we already have or the simple things in life mm. and we feel we should go and spend all this money on things that we don't necessarily need although some things you know i'm not against buying things and consumerism whatsoever it's what kind of drives the the ecosystem at the moment and, mm -hmm. and whatnot um the economy sorry but I feel like if people were more kind of grateful with the thing that you already have and what they're surrounded with and more simpler practices, then they won't want to kind of over consume on certain things and get into debt, for instance, over something they don't actually need. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I mean, reading that book again, the book that we're referencing throughout um, many of these leaders mm -hmm. kind of allude to the same thing. They yep. say, I wish someone told me, earlier on in my career that money doesn't bring happiness and these yeah. people are loaded yeah. like almost all of them have got a lot of money mm -hmm. not all of them but some of them are like proper loaded they yeah. don't have any worry about money or success yeah but if only someone told me that it doesn't matter how big my business is how successful in business i am or how much money i've got or how many cars i have or how many houses i have that that will not make me happy yeah in and of itself mm -hmm. i wish someone told me that because i spent all my life trying to get those things yeah and like to hear someone say like i'm in a good place now and you know what the things i value are the things that you've got yeah like and it's it's, it's funny that um you know carl pilkinson yeah uh the idiot yeah, goes yeah. abroad guy yeah, yeah? he um <laughs> i remember this just etched into my brain he, he's uh he goes off on all these wacky yeah, holidays yeah. right um ricky gervais, ricky sends, gervais him just sends him off in these <laughs> really weird places and he's in this hotel uh, I, I can't remember what somewhere in asia and it was palatial really plush yeah. right and you know had maids and servants and all that kind of stuff he says isn't it weird that people with obscene amounts of money will spend lots of money to have an experience to do nothing <laughs> whereas the guy who's got no money he's doing nothing already he's already sitting yeah. on his ass watching telly <laughs> doing fuck all yeah they're spending you know tens or even hundreds of thousands of pounds on this experience so they can do nothing somewhere else it's like i don't get it and i thought wow he's a bit of a genius isn't he in his wow, own man that it? is bloody smart and <laughs> i think we we need to step away a little bit at times and go 
yes, the things are nice. Yeah. Um, but it's a fleeting moment of happiness. And if we can just be grateful for the simpler things, as you've said, yeah. I think it just drives a theme and discussion. It it swarms over and kind of restricts negativity. Yeah. And in doing so, you'll have more opportunity. You'll get better relationships. Yeah. Your ego will be in check. Yeah. And I think this all kind of stitches together quite yeah. nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of tips on gratitude. You said one, which was this journaling yeah. thing. I've done it a little bit, but not not enough consistently. Um, we do something called the gratitude jar. Or yeah. We call it the awesome jar. That is actually really cool mm -hmm. because it's inclusive of the whole family. And it's just a jar. And it's in the kitchen, like in the com most communal part of the house. And we got ourselves into an agreement between us all that as and when something happens, small or big, doesn't matter. At a moment that you feel, you know what, that was, a, that was a good day. Yeah. You know, I just secured a podcast session with X or, you know, the numbers on my business of Y or my daughter just swam a county time or Some, my or my other daughter just done gymnastics and she's just wings, glowing. Yeah. That's an awesome moment. Yeah. And we're trying to get into the habit. Of just keeping it going we've mm -hmm. done it last year we're, we're we're a bit more on it this year and it feels good just in the moment writing it down yeah because you're you're taking the time to journal or note that was a cool thing but it's not a book and like you got right down it's just like throw away a piece of paper put it in there close the lid done then yeah. i think about it again and then at the end of the year open it up and just like you just got this flood of memories mm. throughout the year of going wow this that this year was fucking awesome yeah look at all look these, at these things, things that, that you would have we were really about. happy about yeah but they weren't all big things it wasn't just the big holidays yeah it's all these other things in between that the benign stuff that was yeah. happy so the awesome job thing journaling is good starting the day answering maybe whether it's in the shower or a quick little walk a few things that you're grateful for but be be sincere yeah and try and be creative there's a, another thing that i've heard um which is which is a really cool tip, and I'm probably going to try and introduce introduce this, although we kind of do it in a similar way, which is almost have a gratitude practice with your family around the table every evening, if, if you have the privilege of doing that, is ask the question, like, what are you grateful for? And go around the table. And the rules are, it's got, it can't be the same as, it, it can't just be the same as yesterday, and yeah. you can't copy the person next to you. Like, so the kids... Mm -hmm their default is to just like same as her same yeah. as her but the rule is you can't do that yeah right so it's got to be different from creative, yesterday yeah. and you've got to be creative and i think that that's a good skill in its yeah. own right and one of those three things that you're grateful for has got to be one of your failings yeah what have you failed yeah. about this uh, in the last 24 hours today that you're grateful for and i think kids really need that because my, yeah. my girls struggle with that like they struggle with vulnerability a little bit and they struggle with the idea of not knowing something and exposing themselves by putting themselves out there, yeah. asking a question asking a question or answering a question, knowing that they might be wrong. Yeah. They'd rather just not answer it. Yeah. Like, We've got to get them out of that. And mm -hmm. I, I think that is a really beautiful practice that, mm. hey, if the kids just do that for a couple of years, their 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 sense of gratitude and awareness of making mistakes and just enjoying the process of learning, mm. I think would be a lot. That'd be, it'd just be brilliant for me. It'd be a gift. Appreciating that you can learn from your failings. This is not, it. Yeah. Not being too afraid to fail. Because so, I think a lot of people, especially people that do well in a lot of things, um, don't know how to deal with failing. And I think being, being appreciative and having gratitude around your failings for the day. Yeah. I think that can, that can 
make a huge help. And I'm 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 there. I'm there. Yeah. I, I've got to a point um where I really enjoy being tested. Yeah. I re- and, and I I've learned to even in the moment be grateful for when something fucks up. Yeah. Not always. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not always really calm and balanced. Sometimes things are really annoying. But I can look back and say, I've done that thing and it fucked up. But you know what? I'm, I, it's, I, I know more now as a result of yeah. that. I know not to do that again or to do it differently. Or you know, I put something out there, no one was interested. Is it their fault or my fault that no one's interested in what I've done? Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, was it? could I have done better? And I bet now it's built built into you as a habit where you don't even have to think about it. That's an automatic reaction. It was my fault. It was, what did I do wrong? Taking ownership. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet that's an automatic thing for you now. You don't even it have is. to. You don't have to kind of go and remember to be that way. Now you've built into a habit. You've done it enough times that now that you exactly. take ownership. And and the beautiful thing when you do that is when you take extreme ownership. When you take ownership of everything that happens, even if it's not really your fault, but yeah. you go, it's my life, my fault, right? Yeah. I, I deal with it. It's my, mm-hmm. I have to deal with the consequences. I have to take ownership. Mm. There's a beautiful thing that happens because you, it's like serendipity. Like things just start coming together when you stop blaming everyone else for it. Mm. Like, oh, I don't have a lot of podcast followers at the moment. I could just go, this game is too fucking hard, right? You yeah. know, there's too too many podcasters. The market's saturated. Mm. Um, you know, people don't like podcasting anyway. I could just tell myself all these reasons why I'm failing. But I didn't. I got like, you know what? The reason I'm not you know, not where I need to be is because I haven't put the time in. You know, I haven't yeah. advertised enough. Haven't used the right platforms. Haven't been creative. Haven't got guests on. Yeah. And go, okay, I can take ownership of all of those things. Yeah. And whilst it is a crowded market and all of that stuff, you know, you still raise your game. I can raise my game. And, yeah. and over the last few months, this it has been exponential growth in yeah. terms of listenership of this podcast. Mm. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Right. Very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But I've taken ownership of that problem. Yeah. And, and I think and it, it just liberates yeah. you, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Great point. I, I think we're done. Was there anything yeah. else that you wanted to wrap up on on any of those pieces? No, I think that's it's a great conversation. Um, and it's good to reflect on all of these things. And and I genuinely think like these all the three kind of subjects that we we touched upon is changing your character and making your character someone like the people that are in the book that are successful they have these characteristics they have these traits and that's why they're successful exactly man we you, you can't ignore you can't ignore this feedback they're trying to give us yeah and if all these guys all these guys and girls are leading incredible lives and adding so much value to the world and they're talking about relationships, knowing yourself and being grateful as one of their yeah. top things. Like, take note. Take yeah. note. Cool. All right, and Bryn, listen, thank you for your time. And it's, it's a pleasure as always, man. Yeah, thank you, mate. And guys, thank you for listening. You should know by now, Adapt Nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Take care, guys. Cheers. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.